Well, welcome to In The Wave podcast. My name is Lyndon, and I'm so excited. I am with very, very special guest, Brennan Joseph. You're from MBL Worship, uh, Every Heart Movement. Dude, you're involved in so much, and it's been such an honor to have you here with us this week at Wild Mazatlan. Uh, for those who don't really know much about you, can you just give like a very, very brief introduction about yourself? Who are, why are you even in Mexico, man? What's going on, bro? Yeah, man. Man, so stoked to be here. It's been awesome. Freaking Come on. Let's go, man. Let's go. Um, yeah, my name is Brennan. Um, one of the leaders with a missions organization in Grand Rapids, Michigan called Every yeah. Heart. Um, but yeah, man, just got saved when I was 17. Um, encountered the Lord in a special way when I was 19 and said, I'm giving my life to seeing my generation encounter the love of Jesus, know him, know intimacy, know the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, yeah, just saying yes to God, I guess, is essentially why yeah. <laughs> saying yeah. yes to God led to one thing, led to another thing, um, led to bring more people alongside of that mission. Um, and then, yeah, these movements started birthing. And um, I think someone reached out to me over Instagram for me to actually get to Matsalan. Well, let's so go. here because of Instagram, I've <laughs> uh, been preaching in the DTS on evangelism with yeah. my wife, Kylie. Um, so yeah, man, it's been amazing. So, so honored and thankful to be here. Yeah, bro. It's, it's really been special. We got breakfast this morning and just going over your, your story and how you even got to the place where you're at right now was yeah. such an encouragement to me. I mean, I'm, I'm 23, you're 24. Um, and when you say like, dude, we want to see this next generation raised up. We want to see yeah. this next generation on fire for the gospel, committed to the great commission, yeah. all of that. And, and to see someone not just like say that with their words, but actually give a yes with their life and say like, hey, I, I'm, I am so in this, bro. I've, I've given everything. I'm all, I'm all about it. And um, it was really beautiful and encouraging to me also to hear a little bit of uh, how some of the, the ministries that you've started actually started. Yeah. Very grassroots, very <laughs> just like, man, we just want to seek the Lord. And then it just turned into something so yeah. beautiful and so special. Um, can you just share a little bit about how those things started for you? Yeah. Oh, man. God is good. <laughs> just even hearing you say things like that, just like, oh, yeah. my gosh, remembering these encounters that I had with the Lord. They were so special. But, um, yeah, basically, um, I was in college. I was studying exercise science. <laughs> I was, uh, I'd never done anything in ministry, man. I'd never led a Bible study before. I knew, like, four chords on the guitar. Yeah. Um, wasn't a leader by like by any means mm. no one would have thought of me as like a leader um but i was in my sophomore year of college encountering god in a very special way in my dorm room where um dude i basically just spent six months on my face like encountering the Whoa, presence of god dude. where uh my my schedule was i transferred to the school so i didn't really know anyone <laughs> here and so i really didn't even have time to make friends i literally was just going going to practice because i played soccer um, class and then get in the presence of God for like hours and yeah. I was being reintroduced to Jesus I was encountering him realizing that I could actually read the Bible and love it and like get to know Jesus like I could actually know him. no one taught me this I was like yeah. I can actually know God this yeah. is crazy <laughs> this is insane uh, I'm praying and God's you know I'm hearing his voice wow. and I'm like this is nuts I'm worshiping and I'm encountering his presence I'm just like why didn't no one tell me I didn't know God like this? <laughs> uh, so I'm seeing the beautiful face of Jesus. Yeah. And um, so basically, dude, I come out of that season, you know, six months, and I'm just like, 
God, I look out of this school, just the people who were around me. Mm. I had no idea how to, had no vision for anything else other than the people who were right in front of me. I was just like, God, I will do anything. Like there's so many people at this school that know religion and have heard about God, but there's not many people who've met you the way I've been meeting with you in my dorm room. I was like, God, if they met you like that, then their lives would be different. And so I said, Lord, I'll do anything for this whole school to see you, (laughs) see what I've seen in my dorm room That's a dangerous prayer, bro. Dude, for real. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, basically he kind of answered that prayer. And he said, what changed your life, Brendan? I was like, the presence of God. He's like, that's what's going to change lives is my presence. Introduce people to my presence. So So started hosting the presence of God in a classroom called Favor 115. Um, had philosophy class in there. <laughs> we're like, this is a throne room at night. Let's go. Um, and so, you know, me and a couple of friends, I got some friends around me to help out. Um, and they were amazing. And we basically just started hosting the presence of God with an acoustic guitar, cajon, no microphones, no lights, nothing pretty, just the presence. Mm. And I'm telling you, again, it was raw. It was raw. I did not sound good. I'm screaming my head <laughs> off. You can barely hear me. There would be no reason why you would come to this gathering other than the presence of God. Yeah. But um, God starts to move in a crazy way. We start seeing people who came to the school just to, you know, party at the school next over, you know, give their lives to Jesus. People came to school Dude. just to play sports, give their lives to Jesus. We had a friend who was given days to live because of cancer. Like this has been the first month and many people were praying for us. So I'm not saying that, you know, this was exactly due to us, but we had a significant moment of prayer for her mm. in the first month of doing these met by love gatherings. And, you know, just God moves in a powerful way. She goes to the doctor the next time and they say, cancer's completely healed. Like, literally, <laughs> days and then completely healed. And so we're like 20 years old, 19 years old, just seeing God move in this crazy way. Wow. We're just like, what is going on right now? And then, yeah, long story short, my buddies called me and they're like, dude, we want to go around America and preach the gospel through the streets. And I'm just like, <laughs> let's go. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, they're like, we're going to do it. We're trying to get an RV. Um, we don't have any, you know, locations or connections or money, but God's going to come Faith, through. Bro, that's all you got. <laughs> and we're like, all right, yeah. let's do it. Um, so they're like, dude, we're going to call it every heart tour. We just believe every heart was made to know Jesus and our hearts are burning with us. Let's mm. do it. It's like, all right, whatever. I'm in. Not all right, whatever. I was like, let's go. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> um, so we get in the RV, we travel around America, preach the gospel through the streets, six dudes in a huge, like basically semi truck. And dude, it's crazy. <laughs> like literally it's crazy. In America, you don't have to have a special license to drive this thing. So yeah. it's got a trailer on the back. We have the, this a huge RV. And I'm like 20 years old driving it through Woo! the busiest cities in America. And we're just like, man, thanking God every time we make it to the next destination without yeah. dying. But um, see God moving a crazy way. Long story short, we come back from that tour. Um, we thought we're like, we were like asking God, is this just like a fun, um, you know, summer tour thing that we do in college? Is this met by love thing that I'm doing on college campuses? Is it just like a fun, cute ministry that we're passing down to a freshman maybe when we leave or, um, what's going on here? Mm. And specifically me and two of the guys really felt connected that the Lord was saying that there's more for this that you guys can't even see yet. And we're like, okay, what does that mean? And basically Mm. God spoke to us and said, um, I don't want you just to raise up a generation that's met by love, but also that's sent by love. And then he said, these two things are the same movement. And so we're like, all right, God, I have no (laughs) idea what that means, but we're in. Um, 
So, yeah, we're seniors in college at this point. Basically, God gives us this blueprint to um, go after the college campuses of America, go after Gen Z, um, to re-represent Jesus to them. Because that's why Met by Love even started. Like, there was, like, so many people who had not seen Jesus for who he truly was. He's been misrepresented to them. And my heart Met by Love was, like, I want to see people, like, met by him, like, encountered him. That's when my life changed when I got met by him. And so we're, like, we're going to give our lives to, you know, seeing more people, not just this school, this generation, met and encountered by the love of Jesus and from that place being sent. And so how can we train them how to live missional lives? Like, what if we send them out on these tours with us? And then, yes, they go on an Every Heart tour, but hopefully they, you know, come out of it learning how to live a missional lifestyle. And so um, that began to be our heart. And basically since then, you know, this movement called the Every Heart Movement has been birthed. And we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan, launching, you know, trying to train students to launch these Met by Love campuses all over Michigan, across the nation now. Hopefully, we just launched our first one out of Michigan, which is so cool. Let's go, dude. Um, and then, you know, got multiple teams that we've sent out on these Every Heart Tours in vans now. We don't do the RVs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> wish we could sometimes. Issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so many so many stories with the RV, yeah. man. I can't, can't go into them on this podcast. But, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so we're doing, you know, sending more young people on these tours. And it's been crazy what God's done since mm-hmm. then. You know, started a prayer room. Um, you know, started Sunday night gatherings, community-wide missional gatherings in Grand Rapids to invite the community into doing some, you know, trying to ask the Lord what our role is in the nations and explore options in the Middle East. And we have, this isn't necessarily in the nations, but it sometimes feels like it because we're doing an initiative in the unreached people villages of Alaska. So cool, um, dude. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And so kind of all these different things, tours, met by love, and then somehow MBO worship happened. We just started recording these <laughs> worship nights and started making albums and God yeah. started moving on it like and so that's kind of like you yeah. know that the prayer room Sunday nights the nation is kind of everything we're doing and basically it all started yeah. in a closet like in a dorm room encountering the Lord and some of my other buddies you know doing the same thing with, with the Lord so wow man it's wild dude it's dude, wild God's been so good didn't you record like the first album in the classroom yes. bro <laughs> yeah it's so crazy <laughs> dude it's so raw man it's literally like okay it's so raw <laughs> to the point where I I was like so like I want to, guys, we're doing this thing raw. We're not doing lights and microphones. and like, This is going to be pure. I was like too extreme on that yeah, side yeah. when I first started all this. I was like, we're never making merch. We're never doing like, <laughs> I was just like, you know, eager to, to be pure, but sometimes, mm. you know, even impure in that motive. But basically, so even for that album, we never like used microphones for our worship nights. We do now because it's just, my voice is super loud. So it ended up working, but it doesn't work for most people. But the point is, even on that album, I had a microphone like this, but I wanted it to be so much like what it was like in the room that it was off. Like we put the mic in like this <laughs> just to record it to go into the thing, but it wasn't amplifying it to the yeah. room. And so I couldn't even hear myself the night that I was singing that. But uh, basically, yeah, man, the point is that live from February 115 um, was we were like, let's do this for our school. Like, let's do it just so that the school can like remember what God did here. Never would have thought that there would be other people listening to what happened at our school mm. and then that it would lead to, you know, multiple albums and different things like that. Just had no grid for that. But God is good and we've been so thankful yeah. to be able to make albums for him. So Yeah, I think the most beautiful and encouraging part of everything you just shared is I mean you, you made a joke like even in the desire for pure motive there was an unpure motive, yeah. but I really do see in all of that and I think you would agree so much purity in heart like man god i really want to just go after your face i really want to be met by you the person um man that we're we're approaching a time i believe this is scriptural as well where we're not gonna 
behold, uh, you know, Met by Love, the band. Yes, we're not going to behold on, tradition. We're not going to behold tours. We're yes. not going to behold religion, whatever. We're going to behold one man. Jesus. Come on, His man. His name is Jesus. Yes. And he's coming back for a lovesick bride. Yes. And Come on. for us to be in a place of like, oh, yeah, we just want to put together these nice, like, cool nights of music. It's like, that's fine. And that may have, you know, done the job in some degree, but it's like, man, can we move past like man-made structured and structure is good. Hear my heart. Yeah, but like, yeah. like man-made, like, um, we want the night to look like this. So we're going to make it exactly like this. And we're right. not going to be able to break out to right. actually experience and encounter God the way he wants to encounter us. Like, yeah. bro, the God that we serve in the Bible is crazy. Like yeah. you, the, on, the dude. Israelites are like begging him to stop talking. Cause they're yeah. like, it's too intense. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, the, the reality that like Moses would have to cover his face. Yeah. And now in Hebrews, it says us with unveiled face yeah. get to behold yes. the glory, the riches of who he is. And yeah. so to meet him in that way, bro. Mm. Oh, man. And so I, bro, I see that yes. all over you. Come on. Uh, yeah, I just want to just tell you, bro, like, it's, it's really such an encouragement. Um, and then also, I feel like it gives permission in a lot of ways, no? For maybe the college student yeah. who's like, dude, I'm playing soccer i don't even know what i'm doing bro yeah. I'm, I'm an exercise science man like i don't know I, what am i doing you know and but they they have this longing to to meet with jesus and yeah. I, I think from that pure longing and not man i want to be famous yeah um and god for sure uses fame and all that stuff right but like if we could just get a hold of who he is he will magnify that right um man what would you what would you say to someone maybe like Who's listening? Who's like, dude? I'm I'm in high school or I'm in college. I'm yeah. I'm too young. I know there's verses that talk about like, hey, let no one despise you for your youth, but yeah. set an example. Yeah. Speech, conduct, love, faith, and pure. It's in Timothy somewhere. Um, but like maybe just from your own personal history with the Lord, like, how did you even have the courage or the endurance or the boldness to like step out and do some of the things that you did at such a young age? Yeah, man. It's a good question. Um, man, honestly, just burning love. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things that I had to do, and many of us had to do in that time that were uncomfortable, that you really didn't want to do, that you have to push past fear, man. For there's a lot of criticism happening, mm. uh, just a lot of different things that I never thought of when, when we were doing <laughs> this, but what pushed me past that or in what pushed me into that was just a burning love for Jesus and a burning love for people and um love you know love for the Lord and love for others that'll overcome you know fear of man that'll overcome um mm. you know anything that would try to stop you from not stepping out and being boldness would be a burning love for Jesus because he's worthy like May the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. Let, let him use me and however he wants to for that. Like that comes from seeing his face. Like to be able to cry that prayer, like that comes from spending time with him and knowing him and like actually believing that he's worthy. Um, knowing that, you know, we can do nothing apart from him. So mm. my encouragement for anyone that's like, you know, worried about stepping out or how do I actually step out? It's, honestly just fall more in love with Jesus yeah. <laughs> and then you will yeah the byproduct of falling more in love with Jesus will be I can't keep quiet about what I've seen mm. and heard like even the disciples like I think it's Acts 4 Acts 5 
um, you know, they say, as for us, like they're being persecuted. As for us, we, we're not going to stop preaching the gospel. Like we can't help but about share what we've seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's kind of what I feel like led me into the ministry was like, you know, as for me, I can't help. I can't not share like what I've seen and heard. And that's where the ambition came from to share with more people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the woman at the well is a good example as well, too. She she's like. Yeah, gets encountered by the love of Jesus. Her immediate response was, "I have to do something about this." Like, yeah, come and see this man who told me yeah. everything I ever did. Like, that was Go me, on. man. Like, I was like in the dorm room, like, come and see this man who's told me everything I, that that, yeah. that loved me, that encountered me, that changed my life. Like, come and see him. It's the byproduct of love is action. So, Ooh. yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that mic drop. The byproduct of love is action. I had a professor say, uh, "Love has to look like something." Mm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we can talk about it all, all day long, loving other people, loving God. But like, man, if we have a heart that's truly been encountered by him, I think there is, there's something it's like, you can't help it. Yeah. Um, I'd love to, I'm, I'm actually really curious. So you obviously lead worship. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, maybe the theology of worship, maybe a little bit too like heady of a way to approach that, but more of like, what, what is your approach when you, when you think of worship, like what goes through your heart? What's, what's being stirred in your spirit? Like if you're asked to lead a set or you're in a, a songwriting session, like how do you approach that with the Lord? What does that look like to, to work together with him? Dude, that's such a good question. My, yeah, everything, every set, every songwriting, everything you just said, uh, my des- greatest and deepest desire is to move the heart of God, mm. is to please him. For him to like what I'm doing, for him to be <laughs> moved by this, because I think there's so much worship that happens on Sunday morning or that happens yeah. um, in whatever uh, facet that God actually isn't moved by. That God actually is like in Isaiah one, they the Israel is bringing all these sacrifices mm. to the Lord, and He says these sacrifices are detestable to me. Get them away oh, from me. Man. They're meaningless. And so it's very possible for us to be doing religious things that look good, that God is saying, hey, I don't actually like this. And what what he what he didn't like about it in Isaiah 1 was that their hearts weren't connected to the offering. It was just a religious form. It was just going through the motions. It was like, you're just bringing me this sacrifice, you know, out of obligation, out of formula, mm. instead of genuine love. I'm after your heart. I, I desire... Um, obedience over sacrifice, mm. right? This is all over the Bible. And, you know, so my heart is to bring something to the Lord that moves him, that he's pleased by, um, that honors him. And that's not um, impure. That's not just a religious form or um, going through the motions. And so I asked the Lord, like, Lord, uh, first, I want to see you rightly and I want to respond rightly. Mm. And um, because how do I, you know, respond rightly? It comes from seeing him. Like, how do I move him? And in my response, it comes from seeing him rightly. And so, honestly, I mean, I wrote a song about it, but it's like the whole message of see you right. The song is from the Luke 7 woman who basically, um, this is like our heart and worship is met by love. We teach on this, like, if you're in our community, you'll hear me teach on this like once a week. Like, Let's go. Uh, but basically, you know, the woman and the Pharisee, there's the two stories mm-hmm. and um, or the two narratives. And then Jesus comes into the scene and the Pharisee doesn't do anything when Jesus walks in. But the sinful woman, when Jesus walks in, falls at his feet, pours out her alabaster jar, pours out her tears, pours out her oil. Um, she makes a scene. She makes a mess. And basically... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go on with the story and you see that 
that Jesus liked one of the responses and he didn't like the other ones. True. And he says, the Pharisees like, do you see who's at your feet right now? Like what? He starts to judge Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesus goes, are you kidding me, bro? Yeah. Since the moment I walked in, this woman has not stopped kissing my feet and pouring out her oil. But you, since the moment I got, you've done nothing, man. For this reason, her sins are forgiven, showing us that he liked her response and didn't like his <laughs> response. And so what this shows me is that there is a right way to respond to the presence of God. It wasn't necessarily the physical of what she did, but it was the posture of her heart. She was undignified. She was full of purity. She was bringing, like, she was a sinful woman bringing her honest offering. That's what, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, there's so many worship things happening that look like the Pharisee. On the outside, they look good. They have the smoke. They have the LED wall. They have all the things that look right. But there's a sinful woman that, from the outside, doesn't look like that would be the one that Jesus likes. Her her title was sinful woman. Like, (laughs) that's what she could have done. Like, but you wouldn't think that that was the one that Jesus liked. Why did he like it? Because of the posture of her heart. Um, so that's what my heart is in worship is to get us, you know, to, to mold a heart posture in us that pleases the heart of God, that sings songs mm-hmm. to him, that move his heart, that he likes, um, that honor him, that glorify him, that give him what he's due. And so that's the way I write. Um, that's the way I sing. That's the way that I want to lead worship. That's the way I preach. I just, I want to move God's heart every time, anything that I do in ministry, not being an Isaiah one, like, I don't like this. Like, yeah. Yeah. And even, even the disciples, uh, or Jesus gives, gives a teaching. And I think you actually spoke about this to our staff, but like where he's like, look, or the, the, the people coming like, hey, I've, I've done all yeah, these things in your name. Yeah. I've baptized in your name. Like, look at all these things we've done for you. Look at right. all the uh, outreaches. we've Look at the albums that we've yeah. wrote in your name. Look at the worship sets we've done in your name. Look at these podcasts that we've right. recorded in your name. And he's like, essentially like, bro, get away. Like, yeah. I don't even know who you are. Right. You've used, used me. Oh, man. Um, but I don't know you. And... Oh, it's so it convicting, so, bro. Cause yeah. it's like really nothing really matters other than an intimate connection with the heart of God and everything yeah. has to flow out of that. And we can say that all day long, right. but when we really get down to it, like, man, I, I mean, I'm like literally in this moment getting ministered to like, oh, bringing, wow. like, I feel like the Lord is, there's such an invitation, like come back to this place of like oh, genuine crying out in desperation just yes. for him. It's not Jesus and your nice ministry, right. Jesus Come and on, uh, your worship set. It's like Jesus, period. Yes. Not a, what Jesus can give you, man. I feel like, wow, it's so easy to idolize like the identity even that Jesus can give us. It's yeah. like not even about that, bro. Like right. praise God for identity yeah. in Christ, man. But man, he's worthy because he is who he is. Yes. Yes. And man, to, to make that our single pursuit, um, and make that our cry, like, dude, I, w- I want to be like the sinful woman. What a, yeah. what a statement. Right. Like, <laughs> dude, <I'll, literally. laughs> who is like, since he has entered this room, I have not stopped yeah. crying and yeah. kissing his feet Come on, because man. he's worthy of it. Yes. Um, oh, so good, bro. And then even later when the woman like breaks the, the ointment, um, over Jesus and, and all the people in the room are like, look at all this weight, this wasteful mm. woman. Oh man. Dude. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what she's actually done is prepared me for my burial. She knew something about him that, that religion couldn't understand in a room. And right. bro, I think that's it, man is like, 
Oh, this is a, this is this might be kind of confronting, but like, if something is offensive to religion in the room, it is most likely pleasing to the heart of God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and even that story that oh. you were talking about with Mary, it's like, even her, like, no one, everyone was offended by it because they're like, you're, you're preparing him for his. Burial? What do you mean? Like Jesus? Yeah. Died. What are you talking about? She was the only one that took Jesus as word. She was the only one who saw him rightly. Like yeah. she was the one who's like, I believe him. Like I, I'm seeing him for who he truly is, and no one even saw that. So she saw something that even yeah. everybody else wasn't seeing. And so it just it, it all flows from that place of seeing Jesus for how mm-hmm. worthy he really is, for how beautiful he really is, for how, how much worship he's really due mm-hmm. up, of wasting, you know, that wasting an alabaster jar, mm. a year's worth of wages at his feet. He's worth that and more, you know? Mm. Like, so good, bro. I'm so scared Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do have a question, though. Like, I mean, wh- what does it look like to to actually see Jesus rightly? Like, how do I go about understanding who Jesus actually is so I don't have a misconstrued? Because there's yeah. so many pastors, yes, there's so many teachers, there's so many podcasts you can listen to, all saying similar but probably a little bit different things about this topic or this topic there's so many approaches you've got the voices of the world talking at you you've got your own cultural upbringing i mean there's so many opinions right how do we actually know like man what is the right way to to see and view and worship this man jesus um bro i love how andy bird says this i talked about it i think i talked about it in the staff meeting but the difference between first-hand revelation and second-hand revelation oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how Andy says that um, first-hand revelation is like eating the steak and not and not getting any of the nutrients from it so it's like you eat the steak but there's no fats no or second-hand that, revelation yes second revelation is like eating the eating the steak without um, any of the nutrients any, any of the fats any approach it doesn't do anything for your body you ate the steak but it didn't strengthen you it didn't change you in any way mm. but firsthand revelation is like eating the juicy steak with all the protein yeah, all the fats and it actually affects you it actually changes you it actually strengthens you and so that would be my advice or my thoughts on that would be that we need a bride we need a church we need a body of christ that has firsthand revelation of jesus not writing off of a church's revelation or a pastor's revelation or a podcast mm. revelation or um, second-hand revelation, but personally knowing the truths of God. So what does that look like to get first-hand revelation? Go to the Bible. Go mm. to intimacy with the Lord. Read the Word. Read the book that shares who Jesus is, who God is. Pray the Word. Get to know Him. Have relationship with Jesus. Worship Him um, in light of what the Bible says about Him. So, mm. I mean, ultimately, how do we see Him rightly? We look at who he showed us that he was. How do we see who he was? We read the Bible. So yeah. I think we need to get addicted to the Bible. We need to read the uh, word. It needs to be a foundational piece of our walks with the Lord. It has to be our food. Like, um, you know, we need to hunger for it the same way that we hunger mm-hmm. for lunch and for dinner because he is our daily bread. So that would be my advice of like, how do we see him rightly? We look at what the Bible said about him um, and grow in our own personal revelation where it's like the pastor can say he's worthy, and if I haven't read um, mm. Revelation 4 about the worth of Jesus, if I haven't yeah. seen that his eyes are like room. fire, oh if I haven't heard or known that when he died on the cross that that was for me, if I don't know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life, if I don't personally know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, if I don't know that he canceled the charge of my legal indebtedness, you know, in Colossians 2, if I don't know these things for myself, then... 
he is worthy when the pastor says mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything to it's not like personal person revelation yeah. but for me to get it for myself like Shoot. that's when you actually you know uh -huh. have life change and intimacy and seeing him rightly so yeah that was that's what i said bro that's so good <laughs> man yeah oh and to to eat the word of god yeah like what a statement that that jesus makes about himself that he was or that, that that's spoken about jesus in scripture where he yeah. says like he was the word made flesh yeah so when i read that i mean there's so many ways you can look at it but something that really comes to my to my my mind is like oh when i'm reading these words I'm not reading this in the same way that I would approach a textbook or just right. another book. It's not like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to read a book right. and hopefully I'll get encouraged to have a better day. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. Like the word became flesh and dwelt yeah. among us, tabernacled among us. Like Jesus yeah. became this thing. And do we have, it's kind of crazy to look at it like this. Like take, it requires faith. Right. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. No, right. but Come like on. I'm reading this to encounter a person right who became it's like weird to even conceptualize but like this isn't just words anymore like yeah. i'm i'm reaching out and touching a man yeah and it that comes back like full circling that to like the met by love even name like i'm i'm doing this to like meet love yeah, yeah. and from that place of like oh like lord i know you i know your heart i know your character and then even when you hear uh and talks about it in john and the um, the sheep know the shepherd's yeah. voice. It's yeah. like, if you, he won't recognize a stranger's voice because yeah. it's strange, right? Cause you've spent so much time around the real thing. Like if you want to understand, uh, like, I think it's like bank tellers, they, they try to figure out like, how do you determine what counterfeit money is? Mm. They don't study counterfeit money. Yeah. They study over and over and over They're, They spent so much time around the wow. real thing that anytime uh, something fake comes in, they go, oh wait, that's, Dude, that's not so real. Good. I know, that's right? So I was like, good. ah! <laughs> that's so good. So in the same way, it's like the more wow. we can get around the real thing, the more we ourselves can firsthand encounter, experience, yeah. hunger, cry out for, touch this man, Jesus. It's like anytime a stranger's voice, my own a, a opinion that's not from him, um, the wisdom of the world, which Proverbs says leads to death, like, all of these things that there, yeah, Proverbs said there's a way that seems right to man, oh, but it's yeah. end is death. Like all of that, the stranger's voice now becomes strange and yeah. you can determine like, man, that right. I, that right there is not you. And that right there is you. That's your heart. Yeah. That's your character. That's how, um, to determine it and see him rightly. And that's also something I feel like we, we grow in too. It's not totally. like I've got it figured out. We've yes. arrived. Right. Cause most certainly not. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. so true, man. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at the, the forecast moving forward of like, man, you're, you're 24 years old, bro. I mean, you, you have a depth of love and intimacy with the Lord. That's rare, um, for, for someone our age and it's an encouragement, but when you look forward and you're, you're saying like, God, I want to believe for these like crazy things moving forward. I, I have a heart and a passion to see this. Um, what kind of things come to mind to you? Dude, Man, I, uh, that's a big question. Yeah, I yeah. I think um, things that come to mind ultimately would be our generation seeing Jesus rightly. And so the way that, you know, I want to see that happen is I want to see the college camp, like person in the college campuses of America set on fire. I think wow. that, I think um, the college campuses are ripe for revival. I'm like, just if I were God, <laughs> I'm like, there's, 
a crew of at a normal big school, thirty thousand. Yeah. All the same age, all walking through the same stage of life, living within a couple miles of each other. Yeah. I'm just like, man, if I were to pour out revival, I think it would spread like fastest, wow, like wow, right wow. there, like on those college campuses. That's a good and point. then these are the guys like going to then shape society and like where they're going to all their spheres of influence and work and different things. Like if, if the college campuses or even the age of 18 to 22, that's a time when so many people are deciding what they're going to believe for the rest of their life. Yep. And so if we could go there and introduce Jesus, the real Jesus, who he truly is to him, I believe the marketplace would be filled with revivalists. The lawyers would be, you know, on fire evangelists, <laughs> like, you know, people in exercise science would <laughs> yeah, be on fire for Jesus <laughs> and, you know, every yeah. facet. And so I just feel like, Man, it's such a place that is just so ripe for revival to spread fast. And yeah. so, um, you know, and there's a whole the student volunteer missions movement. That's exactly what happened. Like, they all get sent on fire. They get sent to the nations. And so, essentially, like, it's kind of one of the words we've been carrying is, like, the, you know, the college campuses. Like, God would do another student missions movement where uh, people get so catalyzed um, on college campuses in love with Jesus, met by his love, and then sent by it, whether to the workplace or to the nations and the full time giving their lives to the gospel going forth. Mm. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's one thing for sure. But, um, you know, I think that that one thing is going to lead to a lot of other things. And so that's, that's one thing I'm, I'm yeah, dreaming yeah, yeah. for is that, you know, if, if, if met by love plays any role in launching these presence driven nights across the nation to help in that great yeah um so yeah we're just you know yeah. trying to play our role yeah and i think what we were talking about this morning even like the great commission being central and all of that yeah. uh when we see him rightly like we have a correct understanding also of what he cares about what he doesn't care about yes. what he likes what he doesn't like what's important to him what's not important to him and i think if you read scripture he's very 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 clear um with his final final words is yes. to go Come on, man. and to make disciples, to teach them, to uh, baptize them, and yeah. essentially tell everybody about right. this man, Jesus, who, who loved yes. you and died for you and is offering you eternal life. Yeah. And um, that's not like this cute little, you know, suggestion, go and Come maybe, on. you know, it's like, <laughs> yes. this is like the final instruction of him. Like, yeah. guys, like we have this task. Yeah. And uh, I was even sharing with you this morning about, um, uh, a friend of mine gave me this like analogy right. of like if we can unite uh, when we talk about unity one of the best ways we can unite very different people is if we have the same goal or even the same enemy if we have the same if we're going after the same thing a lot of the differences kind of fall to the side and we're all going after the same thing right when you're a kid and you go to a little summer pool party yeah. And you're all just showing up and you're like, oh, the water is kind of cold. You kind of all gather around the pool. You understand the assignment. You understand the task in front of you. Right. And you're all kind of like, ooh, do we do this or not? Yeah. And so what do you do? You kind of do this three, two, one, go. Yeah. And there's this kind of like three, two, one countdown of like, we're jumping into this thing together. Yeah. And I think we've, we've missed, there's been a lot of invitation like, hey, there's this thing called the Great Commission. But yeah. I think we're just now starting to understand. I mean, you've shared some statistics of like, I mean, what was the percentage of... Yeah, it was done by Barna. They, they found that um, only 17%, I think it was in America, but 17% of American Christians actually knew what the Great Commission even was. Yeah, like, so like... It's crazy. We There's not a lot of like... We're not... A lot of people like don't even have the inv invite, so to speak, 
or haven't yeah. even opened their email. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's in spam somewhere, like the invite to the Great Commission. Yeah. And it's wow. like, guys, like, come on, like, we got to go. So we're showing up at this party. And I think we're, we're kind of approaching this this mode, even as Gen Z um, is moving, like some of the most radical people I've met are right. from this generation. Yes. And we're all kind of looking at this thing in front of us, like, yo, are we really in this or not? Like this, there will be casualties, like literally, yeah. um, to go to the hardest places to share yeah. the love of Jesus. Um, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Your, your, your family, your friends might dislike you or, or yeah. disown you in some ways. Um, but are we in this or not? And we're going to have to kind of look at each other and hold hands and say, Hey, are we, are we going to throw aside our preference? Are we going to throw aside our differences yeah. in a lot of ways and rally together around this one thing, this one man, yeah. three, two, one, let's do this. Come you on. know? So it let's gets go. me so stoked, bro. It's like, let's ah! do it. <laughs> yeah. Right now. So I think, I think a lot of our role even now is like, let's gather as many people as we can. Um, and I think, bro, I think you're so right. There's something so unique and special about the college campus, even the high school, like yeah, totally. uh, you were telling me about like 13 year olds that, you know, like <laughs> gathering their entire you know schools together yeah. over like a lunch period. And yeah. people are like getting encountered and say like, right. man, what a, what a opportunity one and also responsibility yeah. um, that we have. What would you say to, to, I mean, like just in that, in that theme of like, how do we get, how do we like rally together the bride of Christ? Like, around this thing, missions, like, how yeah. do we do that? So that's another really big <laughs> question. How do we do that? Anyone know? No. Oh man. How do we rally the body of Christ under the great commission? Um, dude, I know I keep coming back to this, yeah. but it's gotta be under, under first love, a love for him loves, leads us mm. to loving what he loves and hating what he hates. A love for him gives us his heart we see that his heart is for the lost, for the broken, for the hurting. Mm. So as we fall more in love with him, our hearts start to burn more for the lost. And so, dude, honestly, first love is just something that's foreign to most of the body of Christ in some yeah. ways. Where it's like, like I said, I, what, what it taught me about that What do you mean stuff. when you say first love? Like, break that yeah. down. I guess I just mean um, that Jesus, your greatest priority is to follow the great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, that's that's the greatest commandment from Jesus is to love him like to love him like it's not this crazy do this do this do that yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. No, like just love him like you love anyone like a person like a normal relationship spend time with him hang out with him share your thoughts with him <laughs> like just have a loving relationship with him so I guess what I'm saying is that that um, that the body of Christ would prioritize Jesus and have a actual genuine relational love for him mm. in their life and it's not a transactional or just you know I go to church on Sunday mornings. I do this thing. It's a religious activity for me. You know, it's like, no, I genuinely am in love with this man, Jesus. And my whole life flows from this love for him. Wow. So that's, I guess what I mean is that uh, from that place of loving God and like spending time with him and enjoying the Bible and enjoying prayer and willingly taking time to journal just because you want to get to know God yeah, more. And it's like good. actually fun for you. It's not like this religious duty. It's like, the best part about your day something like <laughs> i understand there's you know totally times where it's not always like that for me and i have to choose and love is choice but um but yeah that's i guess that's what it means we gain his perspective and then from that place is when we'll start to burn for the loss um and then another thing is dude, we just got to talk about it like yeah <laughs> no, no one talks about the great commission <laughs> like literally you were even saying it like and it's like kind of a trendy phrase that's going on right now but it's like it's not the great suggestion it's the great commission yeah and um 
Yeah, like that, that stat that I just shared proves that, that 17% of the American church even knows what the Great Commission is, yeah. or churchgoers. Um, so what are we talking about if we're not talking about the Great Commission? <laughs> just talking about oh things gosh. like, I don't know, and is something more than entertainment or like, I don't know. It's just like, this is the reason why we're alive. And I mean, this this was revolutionary for me. Someone said this to me one time. I taught out or said this in the evangelism track, but I was like, man, why didn't anyone just say it like this? It just makes so much sense to me. <laughs> I was just like, if the whole point, and this is the way many of Christians live, if the whole point of living was just to get your ticket to heaven, why are you still here? Like, why am I still living? Why didn't God just take me when I got saved? Like, That's a good point, If bro. that was the whole point of my life was just to get my ticket to heaven, get saved, and now I can just live however I want to. I got my ticket, I'm good. Like, it would have been better for me just to go to heaven, like, right now. Like, yeah. I'm here and I'm still living because of Matthew 28. Like, Ooh. you know, to fulfill this great commission. Um, and so I think we just got to tell people that like, Hey, <laughs> there's this thing called the great commission. It's why you're still alive. Yeah. Um, it's for everyone. It's for you. It's for me. It's for every single one of us. Um, and, and, and there's a responsibility that we yeah. have to play in it. Not, not just the evangelists, not just the pastors, not just the apostles, not just the ones in ministry. Every single one of us has a job to play, you know, in responding to this command that Jesus gave us. So, yeah, dude. Let's go. Let's can go. you do you have uh, like any crazy stories that you can think of off the top of your head of like um, moments in ministry or maybe you know like a worship night of where you you've started to see um, God like really I mean you've got probably hundreds but yeah. like where God is really breaking out um, and in and, and encountering this next generation or like maybe even like activating us like what what kind of stories come yeah. to your mind um, in that context of like yeah. our generation like seeing Jesus rightly kind of. Um, what stories come to mind is we had a gathering, we have these big gatherings once a month where we kind of rally our whole community together. It's like six, 700 sometimes like young people from the city and just going after the face of Jesus and we just seek his presence. And I mean, this, this, this happens many times, but this one time sticks out to me is we were just getting encountered by the presence of God. Just yeah. like there was, you could, it is undeniable that Jesus is in the room, that he's real and that he's worthy. And it's like everyone in the room is against revelation. And so there's a lot of lost people in the room. We, we really try to make sure like we do everything we can to get lost people in this room. And so um, basically I think my friend Jonah was doing the altar call. And before he, he didn't even do a one, two, three, everyone run. And I saw an altar call that I hear about in the movies and I hear about in the revival stories of people running to the altar to give their lives mm. to Jesus because they were so hungry, so eager and so ready to give their lives to the Lord. So before Jonah even finishes the altar call, before he does a three, two, one, everyone run, people are running wow. to the altar Come on, and weeping, encountering God's presence. And so, you know, tons of people get saved that night. It's snowing outside. The church that we're working <laughs> at doesn't want us to do baptism. So we, we go to somewhere across the street and we have a truck with a baptism tank on it. Let's it's go. midnight. It's midnight and it's snowing in Michigan. The water is cold, yeah. and we baptize almost thirty people. Dude, and they they get they get baptized, they get dunked, they just got encountered, and then like they're about to like freeze, and so just so that we don't get like in legal trouble or something, we have like we have all these cars lined up heaters, like their cars are running heating. We give them a towel, like go to that car, and in the car was somebody ready to pray for every single oh, one of them. Bro. So it's like these like revival cars, and people get saved, baptized, and dude. So to me, that's a picture 
um, of the hunger level of Gen Z because all we did was fix our eyes on the Lord. Yep. We didn't say anything special. All we did was create a space for people to see him for who he truly is, see him rightly. Mm. And that's what happens. That was a response. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so interesting to me. I mean, we, we've probably both been a part of sets or Sundays or even things that we've probably led or facilitated where you might say like, oh, this is, this is for you and about you. Uh, but really it's like, man, I, I just got to do this. And it's not so much for him, but you're wanting to make it look like it is yeah. versus like, dude, I am just all in on this, yeah. it, what we've been talking about and the difference and God showing up and encountering people is so yeah. beautiful. And, uh, man, one passage that just came to mind, um, from revelation 19 where, yeah, just in this theme of like seeing revival break out and, and being so caught up in this love. Um, of this man is where where it describes like the bride of Jesus being uh, essentially dressed like there's one garment and it's this pure white um, like linen garment yeah. and to see I mean like my heart's cry for for our generation bro is to see our generation go to their their closet like hypothetically speaking and look at all the different garments that they might have, whether it's, Hey, I've got this beautiful garment of, uh, a great church attendance. Mm. Wow. Well, I've got a beautiful garment of look at me. I'm a missionary and wow. I'm in another nation. Yeah. I've got a garment and it's called a great TikTok following for preaching wow. on TikTok. But I want to throw all of that aside because now he's, he's not coming back for a bride, uh, or, a, a, a girlfriend wearing a, a cute little TikTok outfit. Like wow. he's coming for a lovesick bride yeah. that is pure and white Come on, and man. is covered in righteousness through the blood of the lamb. Right. And that, that would be like my, my cry. Um, and I think that that's kind of a great like encapsulation of like everything that we're saying is like, dude, like if we yeah. can just get a, a hold of this one man and be yeah. lovesick, like that's, yeah. that's really what it's all about. He will move. Yeah. He will show up. Yeah. Um, so kind of as, as we, as we wrap this up, man, like, is there yeah. any, anything else that you'd like to add? Is there anything else that you'd, maybe I didn't, didn't ask you, but you'd like to, I want to, I want to make sure this is said. Hmm. Man, I don't know, man. I think we hit a lot. I guess yeah. I would just say, man, he's worth it. Yep. Like this might sound intense or like, you've never heard like someone talk about the Bible or the way that you can know Jesus or these things. And and you're like, oh man, I have to give up all these things. Or like, is he really worth giving all this for? Is he really worth talking about the Great Commission and giving up my American dream and my mm. comfort? And is he really worth that? And the answer is yes. Like he is, the lamb is worthy. Um, and so I just, I encourage you that as you begin to, you can even ask God that question. You can even ask wow. God, are you worthy? Are you worthy Ooh. of this? And as you pursue him, watch what he shows you. And I think that he will show you how beautiful he is, how good he is, how merciful he yeah. is, um, how amazing that how he made you and how he wants to use you in this and that there's so much untapped potential that God wants to um, do in your life. And so for for anyone hearing that and you've heard all this and, you know, maybe that's your perspective, like it, for me, everything changed when I realized that it was joyful surrender. Like I'm giving up something to gain something greater in Christ 100% wow, of the time. what a perspective, man. Like 100% of the time. Like there's nothing I could get like have in the world that would be better than what I could have in Christ. Even like worldly pleasures like Instagram and like 
Netflix or whatever. Like, even those things, if God asked me to give up for something greater than him, would be 100%. Like, yeah. he's just so much better than anything that this world could ever offer, and he's worth giving everything for. I had a friend who got saved by basically me just telling him that, like, give him everything for four days. Watch what happens. Like, just try it. Just try it. See it. See it. See it. Give, him, give him your whole heart. Give him everything. Try to pursue Jesus for four days. Watch mm. what happens. And he's a youth pastor now. So, you know, come on, like, man. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So, yeah. um, he, uh, he'll come through. That's right. Yeah. Well, he's worth it. And, man, we're, we're ready, bro. We're ready yeah. to, to see a lovesick bride move to action. So good, bro. Brennan, it's been, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure. Where can people find you if they want to know more about who you are, what you do? Where do yeah. they find you, bro? Um, I mean, I got Instagram, <laughs> Brennan yeah. Joseph Nine. Um, you can follow um, the movement. We have all of our pages. We got Every Heart Movement. We have NBO Worship. We have Every Heart Tours. Currently, those are kind of our pages. Um, Great. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That's, Great. That's all I'll, I I'll link all of it uh, down below. Uh, Drop my number. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, this is In The Wave Podcast. Brennan Joseph, dude, what an honor. You catch us on YouTube me, or Spotify, and we will see you guys in the next one. Let's go.